Welcome to Looking Up. You're on Faith FM 87.6 with Danny and Sharissa. Wherever you are listening from, I want to give you a very big warm welcome. It's a glorious sunny <laughs> afternoon here. Glorious, Charissa. delicious. Oh, it's just <laughs> it's unbelievably <laughs> delightful here on um here in uh, Walls End where we are where we are airing from here just outside of Newcastle. And I hope and pray that you are having a splendid Wednesday afternoon. And we have kicked into February, Sharissa. Believe it or not, we are into February. Where did January go? The year is flying. <laughs> it is indeed flying. And there is so much going on in our world um, as we speak. We're on into February and the, the year is supposed to start off reasonably slow and build its way up towards Christmas, but we don't know anything about that anymore ever since last year (laughs) came along. It's all like a roller coaster now. There's ups and downs. Uh, There is. We don't know whether we're Arthur or Martha from any any day. But um, anyway, it's good to be here, and uh, we're here on Looking Up, and this is a show where we talk faith, live faith, and we speak on acting faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ as you... As you focus on what Jesus told us, as we see all these things come to pass, look up because Mm -hmm. your redemption is drawing near. And indeed, the coming of Jesus is drawing near, Sharissa. Amen. Every day we're one day closer, but those final days are going to happen very, very quickly as we know. And so this show is about preparing people for the soon return of Jesus. That is the most important aspect of, of anyone's life is to be ready for the coming of Jesus. And I hope and pray that today's program will help you in that direction. Now, if you'd like to call in, um, if you have a question or a comment or even a prayer request, feel free to share that with us. We'd love to hear from you. one 800 324-843 is the number, or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And so uh, we also have our previous programs uh, as podcasts on the Faith FM website. So if you want to catch up on any of them, because we kind of go from one week to the next building on each week, and you can go to faithfm.com.au, that's faithfm.com.au, and go to the Looking Up Uh, tab there on the podcasts and you will discover all the podcasts from last year when we first started all the way up until hopefully last week if that's been uploaded. Mm -hmm. So Sharissa, have you had a good week in the last few seconds? Uh, I have had a wonderful week and a busy one but looking forward to next week too. Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yes, so um, there's a lot to talk about uh, this afternoon once again and we will be sharing with you as we go along. But in the meantime, sit back And listen to some beautiful music from J.J. Heller, Your Hands. I have unanswered prayers I have trouble I wish wasn't there And I have asked a thousand ways That you would take my pain away You would take my pain away I am trying to understand How to walk this weary land Make straight the paths that crooked lie Oh Lord, before these feet of mine Oh Lord, before these feet of mine 
Welcome back to Looking Up and you are listening to Your Hands. Hope and pray you enjoyed that beautiful piece of music. Now, Sharissa, uh, didn't give you too much time no. to share what amazing things that happened for you this past week. Uh. So the listeners are dying to hear. So <laughs> over to you. You've got the next two hours to share. No, wanna... not quite. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, folks. It's not that amazing. But, um, yeah, look, I've just been busy at the moment planning for what's called a prayer camp. And uh, I wanted to tell this, share this actually in case some of our listeners who might be interested in prayer, they might be interested in also coming along. So what's so, a prayer camp all about? Yeah, so usually we call it a prayer conference and we hold it at the Stewart's Point Convention Center. And the reason why we're Which calling it... Stewart's Point. Yes, at Stewart's Point. Mid-North Coast. Mid-North Coast. Um, it's a campground, beautiful campground. And we usually call it the prayer conference. But because of COVID, we've had to you know, change the expectations just a little bit. So we're calling it a prayer camp. And basically, it's uh, some wonderful messages from God's Word, powerful preaching, and united prayer, which is exciting because you know you can pray on your own, but there's something very special about when you come together and pray with um, believers, people that want to seek God too. And actually, Danny, I'm really excited to share this because the theme of our prayer camp this year is I Will Pray, and it's themed on the book of Daniel. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you come up with that? Yeah. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the I Will Pray, it's, it's um, yeah, we wanted to look at the 
prayer and how it features in the book of Daniel. And we're studying that with our mm, listeners now. So uh, it's going to be an exciting uh, time. And if anybody's interested in, in looking into it, uh, it's going to be held on the weekend of February 19 to 21. And so it's not far away now. And it's to, to look at it, you can go to the website. It's NNSW dot adventist dot org dot au and you'll scroll down there on the main page and you'll see i will pray prayer camp and you can find out all the details and how to register there oh praise the lord so folk hope you got those details if you miss those details feel free to text us yes and we will make sure we give you those details yeah Anything um, else? Yeah, I just wanted to also share that if you're listening and you have something you'd like prayer for, then Mm -hmm. uh, Pastor Danny and I have decided we'd like to include a special prayer in the program for any of our listeners' prayer requests, and we'll, we'll have that at the end. So Absolutely. They can call in or text in their prayer request to the number. Absolutely. Now, I know that people are, are enjoying you know, studying the Bible with us on mm. air, uh, but there's also an opportunity for people to study the Bible one-on-one. Yes. As well. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, you've basically said it. Like studying with, with us on air is great. We love having you listening. But studying with somebody who can step you through the Bible passages and you can bring your questions and they can show you Bible answers, it's a really wonderful experience and a wonderful opportunity if you can if you have the time to do it. So we'd encourage our listeners, if you're somebody who would appreciate uh, someone to come and step you through Bible study, study guides and show you about the Bible, then again, just text in your name and your number to our number, which is here at Faith FM. I think you've got it there. Do you want me to give it again? Sure. Okay. 0491-064-669. Yes. So text your name, your number and say, I'd like to have Bible studies and we'll find somebody who can connect with you in your local area. Amen. Amen. That's a lot of um, announcements and news from my life. But how about you? Well, basically along the same lines of what you shared, Charissa, we are coming up to a week of prayer. Mm, at our church, exciting. so it's not a it's not a camp as such. Yeah, uh, we're all sleeping in our own beds <laughs> and coming to church every night for a whole week from this coming Saturday, February sixth to February thirteenth. So if anybody wants to join us between seven and eight p.m. every night from the sixth to the thirteenth of Feb, you're more than welcome to. So if you live somewhere around the Morissette area uh, or further afield, it matters not. Feel free to to join us. Uh, for a time of prayer and testimonies and just coming together uh, as the disciples did 2,000 years ago, seeking for the Holy Spirit, seeking to be more like Jesus, seeking to be the witnesses Mm. that God is inviting us to be in these final hours of earth's history, Uh, then come and join us. So it's at the Hillview Seventh-day Adventist Church. And just Google that and you'll find our address. It's on Gimbert's Road. Uh, Not hard to find there in Morissette. So anyone and everyone is welcome and it's going to be a blessed time. So Wonderful. So I'm really excited about that. And another thing, I've got a a young couple that I've been doing Bible studies with for almost an hour. Almost an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Almost a year. (laughs) Big difference. Yes. A prophetic hour. Uh, A prophetic hour. Yeah, that would be. Almost. A prophetic day. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so we've been doing Bible studies and we're towards the end of these Bible studies. And just to see them grow. You know, you talked about, um, you know, the the importance of studying the Bible one on one or mm-hmm. in order in order to be able to really grow, you know, and develop um, in your biblical understanding. And just to see these two young 
adults. You know, I married them last year as well. That was a wonderful privilege. Kevin and Emma, if you're listening, um, a big shout out to you. And just to see them grow and develop has just been fantastic. I was just with them yesterday, last night. We were in a, in a Bible study and I told them that my, my most treasured moment in ministry, uh, I've been pastoring now for just over 20 years, but my most treasured moment in ministry is sitting at a table, um, Bibles open, and uh, studying God's Word together. Amen. And just to see people, you know, just hearing beautiful truths, responding, sometimes being challenged, often being challenged, and just to see them grow and develop into into followers of Jesus Christ. Nothing like it. Yeah, that's so true. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And it's wonderful to see and to have your own faith strengthened as you study mm. the Bible with somebody else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I kind of feel guilty sometimes, Sharissa, that I get paid to study <laughs> no. the Bible. Do you sometimes feel guilty? I, I do feel guilty. And I, I also feel like I study like people think i'm studying with them but i'm actually studying for myself too because it strengthens my faith yeah. as i have as i share and as i study so yeah it's yeah. amazing i don't know if you've experienced this but i mean this happens in bible study sometimes happens in my preaching while i'm preaching like i could be doing the bible study or something, and all of a sudden something jumps out at me from the text i've never seen before mm-hmm. or i put something together with something else and i'm like hey guys i'm seeing this for the very first time or they'll say something and they'll prompt me and it's and it's really amazing how the holy spirit works so uh, there's nothing like surfing the Bible. Amen. You know, forget about surfing the net, surfing the Word. Um, <laughs> there's nothing like it. It's really, really exciting. Amen. Well, um, yeah, in the in the time we have um, left before we go to a bit of music and uh, and the and the news, and then we'll be back in our study in Daniel. Um, by the way. Uh, yeah, we want to look at a couple of things that are going on right now. But yeah, just in case um, you're joining us and you're wondering uh, what is our focus for today. Today, we're going to continue in the book of Daniel. We are starting through the entire book. We've gone through chapter one and we started in chapter two last week. So if you want to have your Bible or find a Bible, most people have got a Bible on their phone these days or on their or on their tablet. Uh, but be ready to follow along with us. That'll be after the news. We're going to plunge into the second half of Daniel chapter two. And that is a very exciting prophecy. It Extremely is. exciting prophecy. Now, um, yeah, last week we we mentioned uh, in our first uh, in our first program for the year we talked about uh, this uh, bill, this uh, bill that is uh, before the Victorian Parliament mm-hmm. that has serious implications on religious freedom and parental rights when it comes to uh, teaching biblical truths or, or teaching a biblical worldview mm-hmm. on 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 the very basics and essentials um, when it comes to you know sort of marriage family identity and so on and so forth mm. um, what's what's the latest in that huh? okay well well firstly <laughs> firstly I'll just read out what the name of this bill is it's the change and suppression uh, in brackets conversion practices prohibition bill mm-hmm. 2020. Mm-hmm. which is currently being debated. And this week, um, there is supposed to be a ruling on it. Now, I guess in a nutshell, in a nutshell, this is a bill that uh, will potentially will potentially criminalize um, anyone who will either be asked to pray for someone from, say, the LGBTQI community who would like prayer, uh, for the sake of seeking to follow God, more so whether that person asks you mm. or whether you offer 
to pray, that will be illegal. Hmm. Um, that will be seen as um, as a serious violation of of their of of their value in in who they are as a human being. This bill very clearly points out that individuals um, who do not um, take on board a heterosexual uh, perspective on life and and live a heterosexual life um, that they are not broken. Uh, they they are not deformed in any way, and they don't need to be made right. Mm. And so anyone, even if they'd like to, change. even if even if they would like to change, um, in order to be you know following God more in harmony with His will for their lives, even if they ask and even if they initiate, uh, regardless of whether you're in Victoria or not, you will not be able to do that according to this bill. Mm. As well, uh, parents will no longer have the right to. Um, you know, suppress their children from exploring uh, their gender identity and and wanting to possibly, you know, be the opposite sex and have um, you know have have physical changes take place well and truly before they turn eighteen and become an adult. So parents will not have that right to be able to be in control of their children's development. Hmm. So it's a pretty serious bill. It is. Uh, there's a lot of prayer that's gone into it, and we need to continue to keep praying. Um, the the government, the Victorian government, the Labor government, uh, wants to put this bill through unamended. However, um, we are praying that at the very least that there will be amendments whereby uh, whereby uh, Christians uh, will not be will not be impacted um, in a, their religion. I mean, sorry, their, their religious freedoms will not be taken away. And as I pointed out earlier, and one of one of the listeners picked this up, uh, the you know, if if <laughs> for, for an infringement, and if it's a serious, if it's considered to be a very serious infringement, where this person's health, uh, mental health, or otherwise is at risk or is being harmed, you can end up in jail for up to ten years and receive. Or receive a $500,000 fine or both. You know, it's just surreal that we're even talking about this. Yeah. Like, to me, it says that somebody in government really believes in the power of prayer because they're afraid of, of prayer. Like, they obviously think it's going to work or something like that. But, yeah, just to think that we're even talking about this is very surreal. And, uh, yeah, I think that listener spoke to me about a comment you made last week, mm. how you'd you'd pray for someone if they asked for it, and <laughs> you'd be, might begin a prison ministry soon. <laughs> and yeah. uh, we certainly don't want that. But look, this is what the world is coming to, isn't it? It's coming to that, and the Bible says that. Uh, I mean, look, God's people have um, suffered persecution That's for right. standing for the truth. Uh, look at That's Jesus. Right. I yeah. mean, Jesus stood up for the truth, and look where he ended up. He didn't end up in prison. Yes. Uh, he ended up on a cross. Yes. And so, yeah. The Bible says that Jesus says you'll be hated by all nations. Like People won't be kind to the followers of Jesus. And that's right, because the enemy is against the truth. Mm. Uh, Satan hates the truth because Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So that's the right. enemy does not want anyone to be free. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has so um, distorted uh, the reality of, of of true joy, peace, and happiness um, that sadly the time has come when those who think something is evil, um, it really is good, and the opposite is true. That which is 
good is now considered evil, and the Bible talks about that. Um, it does. So, yeah, that's the time we're living in. You know, and going on that, probably just on another thing, and we need to keep in prayer in South Australia. Mm-hmm. So just across the border there from Victoria, they are currently debating um, uh, a bill that will radically transform their abortion laws, whereby, in a nutshell, under, under certain conditions, uh, a mother will have the right to an abortion uh, at the, all the way up until uh, the birth of, of the baby, so in the, right toward the end of that third trimester. Wow. So, um, yeah, so that's pretty scary, and there's protests and, um, and petitions and a lot of praying going on for that. So that's going to be... That's being debated currently. Debated I don't know. Right they're, they're saying possibly by the end of February we will know the outcome of that bill. So what people can that? go people can go <laughs> online and check it out. I checked it out, and um, yeah. it's pretty frightening. Mm. Um, you know, I, I really am saddened by the some you know estimated forty million children that were aborted last year. You mm-hmm. know, World mm-hmm. Health Organization estimates about forty million, forty two million children were aborted last year for various reasons and um, it's just very sad mm. very very tragic yeah <laughs> it is yeah, it is it's very sad and i mean you know we think about you know cancer heart disease mm. uh, they cancer and heart disease um you know took the lives of 15 million people last year worldwide uh, not even half the amount of those unborn babies that lost their lives so mm. we talk about covid Mm-hmm. and the people that have lost their lives. But, yeah. Abortion's much higher. Absolutely. So, anyway, folk, we need to do a lot of praying. Jesus is coming soon, and we need to hold to the faith that was once delivered to the saints, as the Bible says. But sit back now, listen to some music. We're going to be listening to Naomi Moore, He Can. If in faith I seek You do so much for me
Someone else's shoes. Strange how I've tried to walk this road alone, not knowing the things I might find. Forgiven. 
Welcome to Faith FM and Looking Up, and you are listening to Sweet Forgiveness. You're with Danny. What a title. And Charissa. What a title indeed, Sweet Forgiveness. And you know what, Sharissa? Forgiveness is indeed sweet. It is. I think you got something to tell us about I that. do have something to tell us. Um, before we start our Bible study looking at the book of Daniel, Daniel was um, someone who experienced God's forgiveness. He prayed also for God's forgiveness for himself, for his nation. And we're going to get to that when we get to Daniel chapter 9 in particular. Um, and Daniel uh, was blessed by God to be a wonderful witness in Babylon, mm-hmm. uh, in this secular pagan city. Daniel and his friends were a powerful witness to the most powerful man in the then known world, King Nebuchadnezzar. And they made a real splash, if I could use that language. Well, we have we have our own Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego here in New South Wales. And they made a big splash this week on the news. Did they? They did indeed. They did indeed. And uh, this is an amazing story of forgiveness. Uh, and uh, it's... Uh, it's a story many of many of our listeners may have um, caught this on the news. Mm-hmm. Uh, as of this year, for the very first time, we have I Forgive Day. I Forgive Day. We've never had it before in New South Wales. I don't think we've ever had it in Australia. I haven't heard of it. Yeah, I Forgive Day. And I Forgive Day will be celebrated on February 1 every year. This year was... I missed it. You did miss it. <laughs> this year was the first I Forgive Day, and it was the anniversary of when four mm. children were tragically killed by a drunk driver last year in Sydney on February 1. So f- three of those children, 13-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old from the one family, and, uh, and the other was a cousin of them. And uh, they, they all lost their lives um, as this uh, drunk driver. He, his youth went out of control, mounted the footpath. They were heading to the shops to buy some ice cream and they were tragically killed. That was in Oatlands, uh, there in Sydney. Mm. Now, these two families, their surnames are the Abdullah and the Sakar family. They forgave the driver, whose Amazing. name was Samuel, Samuel Davidson. They forgave him. Mm. And this absolutely astonished you know, the Australian public, it astonished people around the world that, that you know, heard about this. This was, this was immediately after uh, the tragedy took place. Yeah. They were on air and they made it very clear that the pain, I mean, the pain was so, it was numb. I mean, you would be numb. Yeah. As a parent to lose three children. I, I watched the documentary that they oh, put out on the family and it was very, very sad, very moving. Yeah, very moving. Tragic story. Absolutely tragic story. But out of that tragedy, mm. something very precious has arisen. And that is an emphasis on forgiveness. Mm. Uh, and the Bible talks about that. And it was really interesting. I was watching I was watching the news. I think it was um, on Sunday. I think it was Sunday night. Sunday night, um, even though it wasn't February, and I think Sunday was the 31st of January. That was the last day of Sounds January right. mm-hmm. because we're the third today. So, yeah, that would be right. And so they had, um, I guess they had a, a, mem- a memorial. Well, not, would you call it a memorial service, like a like an anniversary service mm-hmm. um, a year on in the Botanical Gardens there in Sydney? And there are a number of they had a number of things that took place, a number of things that that happened. But um, along with along with the people who were there from the media and friends and family, we had the prime minister and his wife, 
Scott Morrison, I think Jenny is her name. They were there. They spoke. Mm -hmm. uh, also, the Premier for New South Wales, oh, wow. Gladys. Wow. Uh, she was there. And it's, it's interesting. I just want to share with you just a few things that uh, were shared that are very, very powerful. And uh, this, is what, this is what Layla Abdullah, the mother of the three children uh, that lost their lives, this is what she had to say. And this was, this was broadcast around Australia. You know, people around the world have been able to tune into this. She said this, We chose to turn our tragedy into a greater goodness. We chose to carry our cross with dignity. We chose forgiveness and love over hatred. Mm. Wow. That, that reminds us of the words of Jesus. Mm -hmm. you know, he says, love those who hate you, love those who use you and spitefully use you. Reminds me of the prayer of Jesus mm. too on the cross while he's being crucified by the very people, that, you know, people that hate him, people that are killing him. He says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Mm. That just says to me, forgiveness is something that comes from God. Like, that's right. It, he's the one that's got to give us that heart to forgive. It's divine, and it's in the Lord's Prayer, isn't it? It is, yeah. You know, and our Prime Minister, he, he shared those words from the Lord's Prayer, you know, um, Father, you know, forgive us as we forgive those that have trespassed against us. And this is what Scott Morrison had to say. These were his words. And he's, he's speaking in the context of the words from the Lord's Prayer. And he says, we know these words, speaking of the Lord's Prayer, the words, you know, Father, uh, forgive us as we forgive those that have sinned against us. We know the words by heart. We think we knew what they meant. But when you have to face it, when you have to confront pain and suffering in the extreme, then you realize how truly difficult that is. And he goes on, he says, to see someone not only say these words, speaking of these families, but live them. Mm -hmm. Now, that really caught my attention. Not only say the words, but live them, even in the midst of continued pain and grief, leaves me in awe. Mm -hmm. And for me, you know, we, we see a lot of... Um, you know, we see a lot of bad news on the news. It might as well be, it should be really called the bad news hour. You know, the bad news hour because it's all bad news. Yeah. You know, um, there's a murder, someone's stolen, there's been this, there's been that. It's all bad news. And to see this story, you know, on national TV, highlighting the power of God, the power of forgiveness, the way that God is able to transform people's lives and the way he is able to take a tragedy and turn it into an opportunity for healing and hope for individuals was just so powerful. Now, this, uh, these, these families are, are very faithful. They're, they're, they're devout Maronite Catholics, uh, these families. And so they credited, they made it very clear that their, their ability to forgive was a gift from God. They didn't take no credit in that they had it within themselves to forgive this horrendous crime that had been committed um, against them and against their family, their children taken away. They gave all credit to God. This is God who alone has placed his forgiveness in our hearts and for us to be able to forgive mm. and to move on and to bring healing Such and hope to others. a powerful testimony um, of this family. Yeah, very yeah. powerful. So hope and pray you, you enjoyed that. And, um, yeah, if you missed that by any chance, just go to... Go to the web and uh, there are news stories there um, on I Forgive Day 
or you can possibly watch um, yeah, the video clip of, of, of the news story. And you said there was a documentary on it. Yeah, I can't remember. Someone sent it to me on Facebook. It's, okay. uh, it's probably on YouTube somewhere. Yeah. But uh, yeah, worth looking up. Wow, I'm, I'm interested to look at that. So after the program, I'm definitely going to check that out because yeah. I was really inspired by that family and just the peace that yeah. they had. Beautiful family. Yeah, so that's a modern day that, that that's a modern day Daniel story. You know, Daniel put his full faith and trust in God, and if we if we go to the Bible, we're going to start off with prayer, and then we're going to um yeah we're going to go to our study for today. So if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you to pull them out. If you're driving, listen in. Don't pull out your Bible. <laughs> um, but if you if you have if you have a Bible um, somewhere nearby, I'd encourage you to. Take it, and uh, we're going to pray, and then we're going to continue with our Bible study. So, Sharissa, you want to lead us in prayer? Sure. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, thank you for this time we can spend studying your word. We pray that the Holy Spirit will teach us and help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And so, as I shared earlier, we, we are journeying through the book of Daniel over the coming weeks and, and probably over the next couple of months or so, <laughs> yep. because there are 12 chapters and uh, we're just going to take our time and go through it slowly and, and carefully and seek to discover the lessons for us. And really, as you have shared, Charissa and I have shared, the book of Daniel is not just a book of stories uh, written you know, in the context of two and a half thousand years ago that don't really have too much relevance for us, that are good for bedtime stories, good for children's stories. But they are stories with end time implications. They teach us how to live in end times, mm. how to respond in mm. end times. Yeah. And so we just want to be reminded of what Sharissa and I have determined really was the foundation of the faith and the success of Daniel and his friends there in Babylon. And we, we discover that in Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Do you want to read Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 before we continue on with Daniel chapter 2? Sure. The Bible says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the, king's, with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. What does that say to you? He decided from his youth that he would put God first and follow him and be faithful. And that decision directed the rest of his life because had he not made that decision then... We may not have the book of Daniel. Correct. Yeah, wow. So he was only a teenager, wasn't he? Yes, about 17. Yeah, about 17 or so when he was taken to Babylon from his home city of Jerusalem. So that really is uh, Daniel in a nutshell. He purposed in his heart that he would be faithful to God no matter what the cost. And... Um, Daniel chapter 2, for those that uh, are joining us um, for the first time today and you weren't with us last week, just to give you a brief summary, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, the one who overthrew Jerusalem, who sacked the city, destroyed the temple in 586 BC, he takes Daniel and his friends captive to Babylon. And whilst there, the Bible says he has a dream or dreams. It's in the, it's in the plural tense. Uh, and uh, maybe God gave him the dream more than once that evening. <laughs> Hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> but that's what it says. Yeah, he had dreams. But even so, we have we have this king, and he doesn't. He, he can't either. He either can't recall the dream, or can't recall some of that, or or he, or he wants to test the wise men. He wants to see whether they can really communicate with the gods that they claim that they can communicate with, that uh, give them the interpretation of these dreams. 
And so he calls in his wise men to tell him what he dreamed. They, of course, are not able to. They simply state that uh, it's, not, it's not their prerogative to have the ability to share with the king what he dreamed. The gods alone have that power. And I guess they were just digging a big hole for themselves. Uh, they were admitting that they're not in communication with the gods. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that last time, sure is. I, I think that it was, was really... Shell, actually, our producer. Oh, was that Shell? <laughs> yeah, it might have been Shell that mentioned that. So they basically just... That's a great point. Yeah, so they said, well, we really don't communicate with the gods. <laughs> and here is Exhibit A of that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so Daniel is brought in. Because uh, all the wise men, uh, their heads are on the chopping block. Uh, The king's decided for a complete reshuffle, cabinet reshuffle. Uh, Out with the old, in with the new, he's he's ready to get rid of all the wise men and their families. So everyone is going to be um, killed, Mm -hmm. executed. And so Daniel is brought in and he asks for time to pray to the God of heaven. So he prays and we looked at that prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. We don't have time to look at that today because we're just simply summarizing before we continue on. And God revealed to Daniel this dream. And uh, the dream was to begin in the days of Daniel. So God was outlining human history from the days of Daniel all the way till when? Right down to our time today and to after our time. And to the after end our time. Of time exactly. when Jesus comes. Exactly. And if you want to read this scripture, this might be a, a good place for us just to tap into what Daniel said to the king, if you want to read verse 27 and 28. Sure. The Bible says, Daniel answered in the presence of the king and said, the secret which the king has demanded, the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, and the soothsayers cannot declare to the king. I love verse 28. Mm. But there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets, and he has made known to King Nebuchadnezzar what will be in the latter days. Your dream and the visions of your head upon your bed were these. Okay, and then he goes on. So it's from his day to the latter days or to the last days of earth's history. And so then Daniel begins to unpack for the king this image that he dreamed, head of gold. Chest, chest and arms of silver, belly and thighs, belly of bronze, thighs of bronze, legs of iron, and feet of iron and clay. Okay, and so we started to take a look at um, what all those symbols mean. And um, Daniel was very clear to Nebuchadnezzar. He said, "You are this head of gold." So, so King Nebuchadnezzar and his kingdom of Babylon represented the head of gold. And that's very appropriate. We yeah. saw last week. We did. I mean, there's just oodles and oodles of gold mm-hmm. in. Uh, Babylon was known for for gold. The Bible even calls it, you know, the golden kingdom. And then we had Medo-Persia and the chest and arms of silver. And so that's where we left it off last week. And that's where we are going to continue on this week. So that's a bit of a summary, folk. Um, And we're going to come back with the rest of this incredible prophecy that will just blow your socks off. So sit back in the meantime, and listen to Casting Crowns, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. I love this song. Me Beautiful too. Beautiful song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus Just to take Him at His word Just to rest upon His promise just to know thus saith the Lord Jesus Jesus how I trust him 
Welcome back to Looking Up and you with Danny and Sharissa. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. Sharissa, in the times that we're living in, these, these strange and unusual, uncertain times, surely that's a song we ought to be singing in our hearts day in and day out. Amen, because that's really the way we look up, isn't it? Trusting in the Lord. Amen. So remember that, folk, from what we said last week. Fear looks around, regret looks back. But faith looks up. So don't forget that. Amen. Keep looking up. And, uh, and the nearer we draw to the coming of Jesus, Jesus himself told us to look up even mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. So we you know, just got to keep looking up. It's a bit like, um, you know, I don't know, have you, you've been to the fireworks? I you've been love to a the firework. fireworks. Yeah, New Year's Eve. You've been yes. to a New Year's Eve firework? I have in Sydney. I mean, yeah. I actually went once. I oh, went really? once to the Sydney fireworks. I think I might have been twice, actually, once when I was young. Um, but then I went to last year's fireworks. Uh, that's probably going to be the last fireworks <laughs> ever. Who knows? Maybe the next fireworks will be the coming of Jesus. Um, mm. They're the ultimate fireworks. But you know what it's like at the fireworks? The closer you get to midnight, the more people are looking at their watches, the more they're paying attention, the more they're doing what? 
looking up. Yep. So and counting down. Exactly. So <laughs> at eleven o'clock, people are just chatting, eating, whatever. Eleven thirty. But the closer you get to midnight, people stop what they're doing. They stop their conversations, and there's you know a sense of quietness that comes over the crowd. I remember being there and as everyone's just waiting, waiting, waiting and all of a sudden the fireworks and that's what people say. Everyone's looking up Mm. at the fireworks. Amen. Good analogy. So we ought to be doing that. All right. So, folk, we are in Daniel chapter 2 and uh, I want to encourage you to look up Daniel chapter 2 right now if you have your Bibles there with you and we're going to continue reading. So we've looked at Babylon and we've looked at Medo-Persia, though they are the first two kingdoms that God has outlined here. The head of gold representing Babylon and the chest and arms of silver that represented Medo-Persia. And they were perfect symbols because Medo-Persia gained their wealth in silver because the taxes that it collected from the various nations that it ruled was in silver. Yes. Even the fall of Babylon is remarkable in the sense that it was foretold in the Bible how it would fall in the book of Isaiah and how Cyrus would actually come in. God named Cyrus. By name. Yeah. Yeah. How many years was it? 150 years before he was born. 150 years before he was born. So that's remarkable too. Yeah. It is incredible. So there's, yeah, I think we shared on that last week. So if you've missed out on some of those details, some of those stories, do go to our previous podcast from last week and you'll be able to pick up on that because there's just so much in this prophecy. Literally, we could do this over three or four weeks, Sharissa. There's just so much, but we need to keep pressing on. And so we are now in Daniel chapter 2. And if you want to read verse 39, because in verse 39 there we have two kingdoms outlined. Sure, the Bible says, But after you shall arise another kingdom, inferior to yours, then another, a third kingdom of bronze, which shall rule over all the earth. Okay, so what is this? So what kingdom followed the kingdom of Medo-Persia? The kingdom of Greece. Amen. And do you remember who was at the forefront spearheading spearheading that um Yeah, that empire. Alexander the Great. Yes. And I love how we can cross-check this one with also how, as we'll probably discover, Bible prophecy repeats and enlarges. And in Daniel chapter 8, where the same succession of powers is given, verse 21 actually names. Go for it. Read that. That's powerful. Yeah, it says, And the male goat is the kingdom of Greece. The large horn between its eyes is the first king. So it actually names Greece as the kingdom which follows Medo-Persia. Amen. So we have the kingdom of Greece. Um, headed up by Alexander the Great, who is considered to be one of the greatest generals in all of human history, or the greatest general. He never lost a battle on the (laughs) battlefield, but he lost the battle to himself and an addiction to to alcohol, as um, as one historian pointed out. And unfortunately, he conquered the then-known world. He began to rule at the age of 23. Wow. And he conquered the then known world in 10 years. Hmm. You know, there were no, no planes, um, didn't have fighter jets, didn't have tanks. Um, he didn't have any of our modern day weaponry. And yet in 10 years, he went all the way from, from the Middle East and Europe all the way to the eastern um, border of India. And uh, yeah, he conquered the then known world. Uh, Alexander the Great. Uh, just a, a fascinating individual. And uh, did you read that scripture? I can't yes. remember. You did. Yep. You did read that scripture in Daniel chapter 8, yeah, verse 21, where God, by name, names Greece. Yeah. 
And some people might say, oh, you know, the Bible's just like someone wrote it after it happened. But the wonderful thing is we can date this prophecy because of the Dead Sea Scrolls. We can. So we actually know that when the Dead Sea Scrolls were found, seven to eight copies of the book of Daniel were found amongst That's those right. manuscripts. And so it's dated, wasn't it? God definitely said this before it happened. That's right. So this was written about five, 530 years before Christ. And yeah, because of the Dead Sea Scrolls, we, we, we can date it. Now, it's interesting. Um, God uses uh, bronze to represent Alexander the Great or the, or the Greek Empire. And by the way, I do need to slip this in. You know, Alexander the Great, his father, King Philip, was from Macedon, mm. Macedonia. <laughs> yeah. And Macedonian is my background. <laughs> like, I mean, Macedonia was a bit different back then. Are you going to claim him? Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely claiming it. It's interesting. You go to Macedonia, <laughs> yeah. and I was in Macedonia a couple of years ago. The Macedonians and the Greeks, they are like, you yeah, know, yeah. at a tug of war uh, over Alexander the Great. The Macedonians are claiming him. The Greeks claim him and so forth. I mean, the borders were very different back then to what they are today and I mean it's quite contentious it is I worked with a girl from Macedonia and she didn't want to claim him <laughs> but uh, yes that's well we have we have um, yeah they're um, one of the main highways in Skopje the capital of of, um, of Macedonia is Alexander the Great Highway it's called after him wow. the airport the airport wow. The Skopje, the capital city of Macedonia, their airport is named after Alexander the Great. Hmm. Cool. And so, yeah, not not cool if you're a Greek. Um, <laughs> they weren't very happy. And you know what? Macedonia has only recently started to move into the European Union because the Greeks were just not allowing it because of this. But their name has been changed. Macedonia's name has been changed from Macedonia to Northern Macedonia. Okay. So that so, was the compromise. So now it's called Northern Macedonia, no longer Macedonia. This is a really quick sidetracked question, but you could be related to Alexander the Great? That's probably why we have so many problems. <laughs> All right. <sorry. laughs> That's why we have a lot of problems here on, here on Looking Up because of that. <laughs> yeah, I it's could possible. Be, it's it's possible. possible I could be related, yes. Um, I certainly don't have his... MyAncestry.com, we'll have to check it out. <laughs> there you go. Folks, stay tuned, stay tuned. <laughs> Who knows what Sharissa will share next week in what she discovered during the week. Yeah, well, it's fascinating. But you know what? It's interesting um, that Alexander the Great, uh, his army has been known as the brazen-coated Greeks. Hmm. The brazen-coated Greeks. And that is because, you know, their their swords were of bronze. Their their armor was of bronze. They specialized in bronze. Isn't that amazing, too? You know, how God picked the metals that most exactly. closely Again. Yeah, associated with these kingdoms. I just want to share this um, powerful quote from one historian. And mm -hmm. this is, um, I'm not sure if this is a secular historian or a Christian historian, but either way, he makes this point in, um, in, in a historical uh, library encyclopedia. And he says, I am persuaded that there was no nation, city, nor people where his name did not reach. There seems to me to be some divine hand presiding over both his birth and actions. Wow. And uh, it's, there, there's a lot of stories when it comes to Alexander the Great. One of them is when he was um, on his way conquering the then known world, he came to Jerusalem and uh, the, the, the priests and the religious leaders came out to greet him and his army. And they came out with the book of Daniel. <laughs> and they showed him in the book of Daniel where God had predicted and foretold 
you know, hundreds of years beforehand, at least 200 years beforehand, that he would be the king that would continue on. He would rule after the Medo-Persians and that God mentioned his kingdom, Greece, by name. Wow. And he chose not to destroy or to or to mess with Jerusalem. He bypassed Jerusalem and he said, do not touch. <laughs> and so he had a wow. special affinity. Yeah. That's so interesting. It is. It is really fascinating. There there are just so many stories that come out of that. And um yeah, I just I just I just love history. Uh, there is um Josephus. Uh, Josephus wrote regarding uh Daniel and uh, and Alexander the Great and the Greeks. And he says, And when the book of Daniel was showed, and this is what he's saying, And when the book of Daniel was showed him, that is to Alexander, wherein Daniel declared that one of the Greeks should destroy the empire of the Persians, he supposed that himself was that person intended. And as he was then glad, he dismissed the multitude for the present. So that's what Josephus wrote. He's that famous Jewish historian. And so we go to the next kingdom. So God so far, tick, tick, tick. <laughs> yes. We're so up to the wanna, fourth one, verse yep, 40. Verse 40, yes. All right. The Bible says, And the fourth kingdom shall be as strong as iron, inasmuch as iron breaks in pieces and shatters everything, and like iron that crushes, that kingdom will break in pieces and crush all the others. Wow. So the next kingdom is a crushing one. Is a crushing one. It's iron. Like iron. Like and Rome. <laughs> like Rome. <laughs> and Rome did follow. Yes. Uh, Rome followed the, the Greek Empire and they ruled for some 600 years. And it's interesting, the two legs. I oh, know, I've been thinking about that. Have you been that. thinking about that? It's like a timeline. <laughs> yeah, you got the two legs, but we have... Um, two phases. Yeah, two phases, but there's also the eastern and the western part I of the Roman Empire. I hadn't thought about that. That's the eastern cool. and western part of the Roman Empire. And certainly Rome uh, was ruthless. It ruled uh, a large part of um, Western Europe, North Africa, and the Middle East and Asia. It had a formidable fighting machine. Mm. And guess what the Romans specialized in? Iron weaponry. How did you guess? <laughs> Just a good guess. Yeah, iron. I mean, there's if you go to if you go to Italy today or go anywhere there through Europe, where Rome, you know, set up shop, you'll discover iron is everywhere. You mm. know, um, and it's it's interesting. One historian, famous historian, Edward Gibbon, in his epic on Roman history, the decline and fall of the Roman Empire, he wrote, "To resist was fatal, and it was impossible to fly." Mm. So either you either you submitted to Rome. Or you were crushed. Mm -hmm. Literally, you were crushed. Um, that would just wipe you out. I mean, the Romans were the ones that utilized crucifixion. Mm. Uh, they perfected crucifixion. So Jesus was born during the rule of during this the yeah, empire. Absolutely. And um and and the word in Latin for crucifixion is the word excruciates, mm. which we get the word in English excruciating, and that's what it was. So the Romans were ruthless, yeah. ruthless. So, yeah, so we have, we have God so far, four out of four. Yeah. I got one other quote to add to that one. Go from for it. You quoted Go Gibbons. for it. 
Givens? I got one here. It says the images of gold, of silver or brass that might serve to represent the nations and their kings were successfully broken by the Iron Monarchy of Rome. Yeah, and that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. The Iron Monarchy of Rome. Was that a Christian historian? I'm not sure if Edward Gibbons was. Maybe some of our listeners will know. Yeah, someone can tell us. And someone can tell us. Just text us, tell us, yay or nay. I don't think so, but I can't say for certain because I'm not quite sure. But it's really interesting. Um, This is what um, one historian back in the late second century had to say uh, regarding this prophecy. His name was... Hippolytus, Hippolytus of Rome, and this is what he this is what he had to say. You're laughing because I probably just just Never mind. absolutely butchered that, but but he's not around to hear it anyway. That's right. <laughs> and this is what he had to say: Rejoice, blessed Daniel! You have not been in error. All these things have come to pass already. The iron rules already. It subdues and breaks in pieces. This is a historian, a Roman historian. He's writing at the end of the second century when Rome is in full power and full dominance. And he's saying, rejoice, Daniel. You have have accurately said exactly what would happen. And now Rome is ruling and reigning, subduing and breaking in pieces. That's just phenomenal. Amazing. You gotta love Bible prophecy, Teresa. I just love it. <laughs> it's just, it's just fascinating it and is. and fantastic. And you know what? Um, Jesus said, "This is what Jesus said in John fourteen twenty nine. I think we've shared this in the past, but Jesus said, "And when you see these things come to pass, that you may believe." Yes. He says, "I have told you beforehand that when these things come to pass, you may believe." That's right. And John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth in Amen. him should not perish but have everlasting life. So that's the whole point of Bible prophecy, folk. Um, it, it's not about, you know, the exciting historical points, which are exciting and amazing and interesting. Um, but Bible prophecy is to enable us to put our faith and trust in Jesus, to believe in him and by believing that we will have eternal life. So I hope and pray that you've been blessed thus far. We're going to continue on with this. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Bring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Seed of Israel's race, he ransomed from the fall. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. Hail him who saves you by his grace and crown him Lord of all. You are Lord of all 
Let every kindred, every tribe on this terrestrial ball to him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. To him all majesty ascribe and crown him Lord of all. And crown him Lord of all. And crown him Lord of all. Amen. Welcome back to Faith FM and Looking Up. You're with Sharissa and Danny, and we are going through this amazing Bible prophecy in Daniel chapter 2. And um, really, this is one of those where you're on the edge of your seat. And and you know what? Hmm. We've looked at some amazing things, but the best is still to come. <laughs> this prophecy now goes into another gear. Keep your fork. Keep your fork, indeed. <laughs> Don't sit on it, but just hold on to it. Hold on to it. And so we have uh, taken a look at the Fourth Empire. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were someone who was, um, you know, just making this stuff up, and a lot of people say that, well, Daniel was kind of making it up, well, you'd, you'd, you'd come up with a Fifth Empire and possibly a Sixth one. True. But that's not what happens. And we know that this was written well and truly before the breakup of the Roman Empire, as we'll discover, because of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yes. The Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, very clear evidence that the book of Daniel was written when it, when it was written. And we know that, if I can just give you three, three bits of evidence, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, uh, they have analyzed the script of those um, parchments that were discovered in Qumran, there by the side of the Dead Sea on the western side. And I've discovered that the script is from about the 5th, 6th century BC. So that's one. They also discovered um, coins mm. from that same period. Hmm. Coins from that same period. And, um, and they also did carbon dating, radiocarbon dating on the, on the, what do you call it, on those, uh, on those parchments, mm -hmm. on those leather parchments. And they discovered that they were also... From that period of time, so um, so Dead Sea Scrolls are definitely one to two hundred years beforehand, and so those prophecies were written when Daniel said they were written. So the Dead Sea Scrolls, let's just not uh, be confused. The Dead Sea Scrolls were not from five to six hundred years BC. The Dead Sea Scrolls are from between one hundred to two hundred BC, somewhere there. That's good to know. Um, however, they're very clear evidence that the Book of Daniel was written when it was written, certainly well and truly before the breakup of the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. So, okay, Sharissa, we're up to verse 41. 41. Whereas you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, yet the strength of the iron shall be in it, just as you saw the iron mixed with ceramic clay. Wow, what does this say to you? <laughs> Well, it says to me that unlike all the other kingdoms which were taken over by another conquering empire, this one just divided. 
are divided. Yeah. <laughs> and what do we and what do we find? Was Rome divided? It was. Is it still divided? It is. Yeah. Western Europe today yeah. is divided and entire, you know, Western Eastern Europe, that entire area mm. um, is divided today. Many nations make up make up Western Europe. And it's interesting because the iron remains. Yeah. So what's that telling you? You tell me. <laughs> I'm not sure what we Okay, all right, all right. I don't want to do all the talking here, but this tells me that Rome, pagan Rome... Yes, continues continues, to the end of time. But then it transforms into what? Papal Rome. Papal Rome. Rome. And that's what we have, and we've looked at that in the past. So we've got pagan Rome that comes to an end, but then papal Rome takes over. Mm -hmm. So the Caesars, the Caesars, I should say... Not the scissors. The Caesars. <laughs> the Caesars, um, yeah, they came to an end. Rome, uh, Rome, approximately 476 AD. Uh, that's when it came to an end. And between 476 AD and 538 AD, when the popes began to rule and reign not only as religious leaders but also as political leaders, that's right. we, have, we have the continuation of the Roman Empire, but through the papal phase. So papal Rome takes over from pagan Rome. And this is something that's going to appear again, I think, as we keep going in the book. Absolutely. And so that continues on for over a millennia. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also have then the division. So you've got two things going on here. You've got the Roman Empire divided into many states, which we do have today. And then you also have, and that's the division part, but you also have the iron part into the feet of iron and clay, Mm -hmm. and that represents that papal Mm. aspect of the Roman Empire. So there's two things going on. You know, I've studied this so many times, and I haven't actually thought about that in those terms, so that's really interesting. Yeah, it's very, very powerful. So we have that taking place, and it says here, partly strong and partly fragile, Mm. and that's exactly what we have. Um, We have Western in particular, Western Europe, Western Rome, it was partly strong, partly fragile. In Daniel 7, we have three kingdoms. Mm-hmm. What happens to three of those those 10 that were originally established? After there was the breakup, there was many of them, but eventually there were 10 that were formed. They'll be taken out. Yeah, they were taken out. Plucked up. <laughs> by the roots. And we're going to get to that in Daniel chapter 7. Yeah. So they were the fragile, mm. and they were taken out. And you may be wondering, why were they taken out? Well, there's a good reason, but we're going to get to that when we get to Daniel chapter 7. We don't have time to, to divert there. So, so that's what's taking place now. If you want to continue reading verse 42, it gets even more fascinating. So, folks, keep your seatbelts on. Don't take okay. them off, especially if you're driving. Don't take off your seatbelt. But it's going to get even more exciting here. The language here is just mind-boggling. It just really blows your socks off. Verse oh, 42. Right. And as the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly fragile. Wow. That's the part that I thought was in verse 41. Yeah. But it's in verse 42, so we've already talked about that. Okay, keep going. going. Verse 43. (laughs) Wow. I'm glad you're on the ball. All right. And as you saw iron mixed with ceramic clay, they will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not adhere to one another, just as iron does not mix with clay. Okay, wow. Now, this phrase here is a very interesting phrase. It is. Mingle with the seed of men. Mm -hmm. 
We don't kind of use that kind of language today, do we? Well, mm-hmm. we talk about mingling. Yeah. So we know what mingling means. Mm-hmm. We do that yeah. at parties. Not at, as much with COVID. No, no, not as much. We do COVID safe mingling. <laughs> Well, 1.5. Yeah, well, yeah. Do I have to admit what I'm like? No, 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 right, no not on air. We know. Yeah. yeah, we know I abide by all the rules and regulations. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm a very passionate, law, law-abiding Macedonian. citizen. Passionate Macedonian um, from, from the Alexander the Great. Conqueror. <laughs> Conqueror, yeah, right. Um, yeah, this mingling that Daniel here speaks of is intermarriage. That's right. Yeah. I've got, I've got a modern-day translation here mm-hmm. as well. And this is the New Living Translation, um, Sharissa. Mm-hmm. And this is what it says. It says, verse 43, This mixture of iron and clay also shows that these kingdoms will try to strengthen themselves by forming alliances with each other through intermarriage. Hmm. But they will not hold together just as iron and clay do not mix. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do we have evidence of that taking place? Heaps of evidence. We in do Europe. indeed. Yeah, I think I'd love to. You've probably got one. A family tree. Yeah. A royal family yeah. tree. Yeah. yeah, I do. I do. I do. From Denmark. Yep. From Tell Denmark. Us about it. Um, if you go to Fredericksborg Castle in Denmark, I haven't been there. I'd love to go, uh, but I haven't had the opportunity to go there. But I, I do have. Um, I do have a painting here, a photograph of a painting that describes. The family tree of Queen Victoria, mm-hmm. who was queen over the United Kingdom, and she was nicknamed the Grandmother of Europe, as well as King Christian the Ninth of Denmark, her husband, and he was nicknamed the Father-in-Law of Europe. And that family tree clearly demonstrates the European monarchies and how they were all together. But after World War I, uh, most of those monarchies came to an end. And so we don't have too many of those remaining monarchies today. Um, we yeah, basically at the at the outbreak of World War One, the grandchildren of Queen Victoria and um, King Frederick uh, they occupied the thrones of Denmark, Greece, Norway, Germany, Romania, Russia, Spain, and the United Kingdom. Wow. So one historian said that, that World War I was nothing more than a family feud mm. in Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were all interrelated. That's amazing. Just like the Bible says, they would all mix and mingle. And, and it was really fascinating. Um, you know, I subscribed to that magazine. Do you remember? Signs of the Times. Yes, yeah, Signs of the Times as <laughs> and well. And Time Magazine. And Time Magazine. <laughs> they both got time in it. So Jesus did say we've got to be mindful of the Signs of the Times. Mm. Anyway, and I remember um, uh, in the wake of... Uh, the newest royal couple getting married, Harry and Megan. 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 Sorry, Megan. Sorry, Megan, if you're listening. <laughs> I apologize for pronouncing your name wrong. I'm sure I'm sure Megan's listening. Harry and Megan, they listen to this show each week. I'm sure they do. <laughs> so big shout out to you guys. Anyway, on the front cover is um, you know, a picture of their wedding, mm-hmm. you know, the modern royals. This was June 4, 2018, when they got married. And I'm reading through the article. Just sort of skimming through until like my eyes just like go whammo. And I read this. This is from Time Magazine. Check this out, Sharissa. Tell us. All right. This is towards the end. And Daisy Goodwin, the author, and she writes these words. 
She writes, It would be fascinating to know what Queen Victoria would make of the direction in which her great-great-great-great-grandson Harry is taking the royal family. Mm. Have mercy. <laughs> he's, marry, he's married well and truly outside of this union that's been going on for centuries. Yeah. She goes on. She was extremely interested, that is, Queen Victoria... She was extremely interested in the marriages of her children and grandchildren and wherever possible, she used them to create her own unofficial European Union. Wow. That's from Time Magazine. <laughs> I should subscribe. You should. You should. <laughs> That's no, a great article. That was just amazing. And I'm like, I just laughed. And I pulled out. You know what I did? I what? pulled out the scriptures. Mm-hmm. I pulled out the scriptures and I pulled them out to Daniel 2.43. And I'm like, God said it. No matter what Queen Victoria would attempt, God said they would seek to mingle, Mm. but there would not be an official European Union. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not put Europe together again. Exactly. Just had to get that in there. I like that. I like that. (laughs) They will mingle with the seed of men, but... I think they're the most powerful words Mm. in, um, in all of this chapter. They will not adhere one to another. Just as iron doesn't mix with clay. Many have tried, Sharissa, many have tried to bring Europe together again as one nation, as one empire. True. Hitler? Yeah, Hitler's one. He's he's the most recent. Yeah. Charlemagne. Charlemagne's another one. And Napoleon. They're the ones I have got written here in my notes. Very good. There is, um, yeah, so there was Charlemagne in the 8th century. Then we've got uh, Charles V Mm -hmm. in the 16th century. During the time of the Reformation and, and Martin Luther, then we got Louis Louis the Fourteenth in the seventeenth and eighteenth century, and then yeah, as you pointed out, we got Napoleon. He came along in the eighteenth, nineteenth century. Then the Kaiser Wilhelm. He plunged oh, yes. the world into Kaiser. World War One, and then Adolf Hitler. And so all these individuals, they they attempted to unite Europe. Instead, we've got Brexit. Instead, we do have Brexit. <laughs> Indeed, we've got Brexit. Napoleon, I mean, you know, he, he thought it was just going to be one nation. Mm. Um, you know, he wanted one system, one code of laws throughout Europe, one judiciary. But then there was the Battle of Waterloo. Um, the Kaiser, oh, fascinating story about the Kaiser. Um, don't have time to share it right now, but I will be sharing the story of the Kaiser after the news. Can't wait. So you have to tune in after the news in our last segment. Um, as we wrap up this incredible prophecy, to hear the incredible story of the Kaiser, this this one really, I love these stories. this one really is amazing. And then we've got a giveaway. We've got we've got a giveaway at the end of this program on a story straight out of Daniel two from World War two. And I've met the grandson no of the guy who features in this book. Can't wait to oh, hear about a that. A thousand shall fall. So at the end of the program, make sure you're tuning in. The first person that calls in will get that book. So in the meantime, sit back and uh, listen to some announcements. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing? Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree, with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM. 
Positively Different Radio. I see you stress and fret. Have you got an ulcer yet? Worries eating you inside out. Deadlines are need met. Not a moment left. Always in a hurry. What's your worry? What a big hurry. I've got all the time in the world. So why don't you let go? Love what you can't control. Let me take it for you. Love what's your worry? What a big hurry. I've got all the time in the world. Quick prayer on the run. Always so much to be done. It's a constant crazy frenzy but if time's of the essence then you need my presence so may i ask you a question what's your worry what a big hurry i've got all the time in the world so why don't you let go of what you can't control seconds well i've got ways you're out of options well i still got thousands so tell me what's your problem oh oh what's your worry what a big hurry i've got all the time in the world so why don't you let go of what you can't control
Welcome back to Faith FM and Looking Up. And you have been listening to one of my favorite all-time songs, Charissa, Ancient Words. Powerful song. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Just the words of that song yeah, are just so... true. Oh, just changing me. And changing you. Oh, wow. Well, well, you, you could sing it, but I will not sing, folk. You do not want to hear me sing. You'll crash the car. You'll do something else you shouldn't be doing. So I am the worst singer on the planet. Bar none. Mm. Bar none. I might be, I might come from the genetic line of Alexander the Great, but <laughs> I can't sing. In case you're wondering, what on earth was that? You've just joined the program. You're thinking, what is Danny talking about? Well, we're going through this amazing prophecy, Sharissa, in Daniel chapter 2, where God outlined Mm -hmm. the history of the world from the days of King Nebuchadnezzar some two and a half millennia ago. That's two and a half thousand years ago, if you're wondering what that phrase is all about, all the way up until our day, as we're discovering, and beyond is where we're going to. So we're getting to the... To the climax of this prophecy, uh, Sharissa. And we're at be- the toenails of time. We I think. are we at the toenails of time. We're right at the end of those toenails at the moment. And we're going to discover that as we go along. So in this, in this last segment um, that we have, we want, to, we want to continue to take a look at some incredible historical events that show the, the truthfulness of those ancient words, ever true. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Europe, you know, coming uh, well, the attempts to reunite Europe mm. through either marriage, we looked at that, or in a military sense. And I think uh, to the story of the Kaiser, yes, Kaiser Wilhelm yes. uh, II, and he is the one uh, that is credited, not sure you want to be credited with it, but you know, with plunging the world into World War I, Germany. And uh, the story goes uh, that there was, um, there is a, a cathedral. It's in France today, but it was in Germany back then during World War One. It's called the uh, Metz Cathedral. It's a Catholic cathedral, and the parishioners there they needed a new roof. They had an iron roof that was leaking, and so the Kaiser got wind of that, and he said to them, "Look, I tell you what, I'll help you out. I'll I'll give you the money for a brand new iron roof. It's a pretty big. It's a pretty big." Um, uh, cathedral, And so they were really thrilled. They were like, yeah, fantastic. That's wonderful. Thank you, Kaiser. You are just the best. We'll vote, we'll vote for you anytime. <laughs> and he said, but on one condition. They said, well, what's the condition? And uh, they, he said, the condition is uh, that you take the head of Daniel the prophet. See, they had a number of statutes, statues, Old Testament statues around the, around the church and possibly some New Testament. I'm not sure. But anyway, take Daniel's head off and put my head on there. Wow. Because I intend... To reunite Europe under the banner of Germany mm. and to break this prophecy, to destroy this prophecy in Daniel chapter 2. And so that's exactly what they did. And I've got photos of it. Hmm. Uh, our listeners obviously can't see because this is radio. But there is a photo here of uh, Daniel's body, this, um, I guess, this statue that has the Kaiser's head on it. <laughs> But as we know the story, the Kaiser lost. And so Hitler came along. Hitler came along after the Kaiser and he heard about this and he said, put Daniel's head back on him. Mm. And so if you go to the Metz Cathedral today there in France, you'll discover not the Kaiser's head on Daniel's body, but Daniel's head rightfully back on because the prophecy stood still. But Hitler said he was going to be the one. Yeah. What a futile attempt. 
Only God can tell the future, and yeah, His word stands forever. Absolutely. And uh, another story. Do you want to hear another yeah, story? Yeah, tell us the story. This is another story, and this one comes from the book. You uh-huh. know, the book that we're giving away, a thousand shall fall, and uh, this is the the true story of an individual by the name of Franz Hazel, mm-hmm. who happened to be a Seventh Day Adventist Christian, who knew his Bible. He'd read it, you know dozens of times from cover to cover. So he knew his Bible and he knew this prophecy. And he was in Hitler's army. Hmm. He was assigned as an engineer, bridge builder, and he was right at the forefront. You know, the bridges are got to be built first so the army can, can go over the bridges and carry on into Russia. And he, on one occasion, it's I mean, the whole book is an amazing book and this story is in the book. But I'll just sort of uh, share share that amazing aspect regarding this prophecy. On one occasion, uh, his superiors uh, called him in because they had heard from some of the soldiers that he was sharing with them from the book of Daniel <laughs> that Hitler would be defeated. Imagine. Wow. <laughs> imagine, such confidence. <laughs> such confidence. But imagine in Germany's, yeah. Germany's army, and we all know what Hitler was like. Imagine. Um, He got wind of that anyway. So they call him in and he shares with them over like a two-hour Bible study this prophecy from Daniel. And he said, this will come to pass. Every aspect of this prophecy has come true and this will come to pass. Mm -hmm. And so they made a decision there and then that they would um, save their supplies that they would, um, yeah, just ration, I should say, their supplies as they were going into northern um, uh, Russia in order to make the way back when the war ended and Germany lost the war. And that's exactly what happened. And Franz Hasel was one of only, I think, seven individuals in his um, group, in his unit of a thousand men that made it back to Germany alive. Wow. And he was only one of three Mm. that wasn't wounded <laughs> out of those seven. So God protected him. And it's written, and the, the title of the book is A Thousand Shall Fall, so, based on the Psalm 91, where God says, and you know, he makes that promise, you know, 1,000, a thousand shall fall at your right hand and 10,000 at your left, but it shall not come near you. You were saying you met somebody? I met the grandson uh-huh. of Franz Hazel. Wow. I met the grandson um, in New Zealand and he's a theology lecturer. I think I've met him too now you're saying that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Michael? Uh, Michael Hazel. That's yeah, it. I've met yeah, him. Michael. Have you, you've met him. Yeah. A really top guy. And, yes. um, and he shared the story with us from his grandfather's perspective. And I'm telling you, I was sitting on the edge and he shared all these photos mm. from the war that his grandfather took uh, that he has today. And <laughs> yeah, and another little uh, side note, Franz Hazel threw his gun away. He wasn't gonna, he wasn't gonna use his gun to kill anyone, even, even, in, even in the war context. And so he threw it away. And so instead he made this um, uh, out of wood, he made a replica gun, put it in his holster. Wow. And so throughout the war, he carried a stick in his holster. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he put his faith and trust in God. A bit like um, our friend Desmond Doss. Yeah, I was thinking of him as he said yeah, that. Yeah, he did not want to do that. So yeah. So that's fascinating, fascinating. And um, so there we have it. You know, all these individuals, you know, Charlemagne, Charles V, Louis XIV, Napoleon, Kaiser, Wilhelm II, Hitler, all defeated, defeated by the prophecy. Because what did God say? He said they would be defeated. And he says something else. Go for it. Verse 44. Yep. 
And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. It shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand forever. Wow. So this is telling us that in the days of the kings or in the days of the the nations that are trying to bring Europe together, God will set up his kingdom. Mm. So are we seeing before our very eyes... Uh, a renewed you know, attempt to reunite Europe. I think so. Absolutely. The European Union. Hmm. But unfortunately, they're having issues, <laughs> including you mentioned it earlier. What's the big one? The Great Reset? Yeah, No, the Brexit. Oh, sorry, you the Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wrong one. Um, yeah. Brexit. Amazing stuff. So as of the end of last year, the UK is no longer part of, I should say, Great Britain mm-hmm. or the UK. Anyway, one of the two, because I know the UK and the Great Britain are slightly different. Um, they're no longer part of the European Union. Mm-hmm. And there's tons of um, yeah, Time Magazine front covers that I have. Um, one from 2011 was the decline and fall of Europe, the end of Europe. Another one from 2015 in July, State of Ruin. The Battle to Save Greece, the Euro, and the Dream of a United Europe. That Mm. is on the front cover of Time Magazine back in 2015. It's like they're taking it from the Bible. I'm telling you. All their inspiration. I'm telling you. It's just amazing. It's amazing. amazing. Here's another one from 2016, July 2016. Time Magazine, once again. The Fall of Europe. Why Brexit is just the beginning. Hmm. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is just really amazing. And um, oh, I've got to check this one. You, you, I mean, Boris. Uh, <laughs> most people would know Boris Johnson. Yeah. You know, he's the Prime Minister of the UK. And this is what he had to say uh, in an interview with BBC News. Okay. So this is a week before Brexit vote. So, okay. So a week before the Brexit vote back in May 2016. This is what he has said, what he had to say. Check this out. Listen up. Speaking to the Sunday Telegraph, Mr. Johnson said European history had seen repeated attempts to rediscover the golden age of peace and prosperity under the Romans. He goes on, Napoleon, Hitler, various people tried this out and it all ends tragically. This is Boris Johnson. He goes, the EU is an attempt to do this by different methods. Mm. Wow, there you go. Mm -hmm. I mean, talk about current. What God said would happen, has happened, and it will come to pass. Now, we want to we want to get to the very end of this uh, prophecy, and you just read it. Mm. In the days of these kings, yes. who's going to set up his kingdom? The God of heaven will set up a kingdom. And how's, how long is that going to last for? Contrasting with the ones that are destroyed forever. Forever. And you remember that the God's kingdom is represented by that rock mm-hmm. that was cut out without hands. Yeah, I love this because it's... Um, I was actually on a plane once and I was talking to a man sitting next to me who was a geologist. And the most interesting part of Daniel chapter 2 to him was this rock. <laughs> it's like, where'd the rock come from? <laughs> this, this is not some meteor, is it? No. No, this is not some meteor, some comet. This is the kingdom of God. Yes. This is Jesus Christ and his kingdom. And Jesus Christ is a symbol of the rock, isn't he? Yes. You know, that rock. Not Dwayne Johnson. No. Not Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Have you heard of him? No, I haven't. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll let that one go through to the keeper. 
Now tell me, uh, Revelation, Sharissa, yeah. moving on from Dwayne Johnson. Revelation 11.15 here describes this kingdom. Revelation 11.15, listen into this powerful passage. Revelation 11.15. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Wow, what a promise. What a promise. And what kind of a kingdom is God going to establish? An eternal one. Absolutely. You want to read Revelation 21 verse 4. I love this promise. This is the kind of kingdom that will last forever. Go for it, Shursa. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Wow. Beautiful. What a beautiful, what a beautiful kingdom. No more death, no more pain, no more tears. Are you looking forward to being part of God's kingdom? Amen. Truth, Amen. I am too. Shell, are you? Shell <laughs> is nodding her head. She's our wonderful producer. I am looking forward to God's wonderful kingdom. And it's so good to know the future is in God's hands. Absolutely. So every aspect of this dream has been fulfilled. And we're only waiting for one more piece. Mm. And that's the coming of Jesus. And uh, we know that we can put our faith and trust in this prophecy because Daniel ends with these words in verse 45. The dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. Mm. Talk about putting, putting your faith and trust in something certain in these uncertain times, you can put your faith and trust in God. And and wherever you're listening from, my dear friends, I want to encourage you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. He will never let you down. He will see you through whatever storm comes your way. Put your faith and trust in Jesus, in the rock. He is our rock, Jesus Christ. Listen to this beautiful song that enables us to put our faith and trust in Him. God bless you.
Welcome back. You've been listening to Lady Love Smith and Reggie Smith with that beautiful song, What Shall I Say? Beautiful song. Speaking of that day when Jesus will come and the resurrection will take place. And mm. what a what a journey we've been on, Sharissa. Have you been blessed through Very this blessed. epic chapter in Daniel? Yes, encouraged, inspired, and blessed. Wow. And um, folk, uh, the take-home message is that God has a place for you in his kingdom. Amen. And Jesus is coming back soon, real soon. Every day is one day closer, but we know that those final days are just going to happen just so quickly. And I believe we are entering those very final days. We are right at the end of this prophecy. As mm-hmm. you pointed out, we're in the, in the toenails mm-hmm. and right at the end of the toenails mm-hmm. of this image that is awaiting the coming of Jesus. I hope and pray you have been blessed, my dear friends. Um, in this prophecy, and I hope and pray that you will continue to to look up uh, because Jesus is indeed drawing near. And before I hand over to Sharissa, who's going to um, give the book away for for today on this incredible story from World War II, I want to just uh, just leave you with this beautiful scripture from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, where God says, "For I know the thoughts that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace." and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. That's God's plan for each and every one of us, to give us a future and a hope. Sharissa, what's the gift for today? All right, so as you've been alluding to throughout the program, A Thousand Shall Fall by Susie Hassel Mundy. Mundy? Yeah, the daughter. Yeah, the daughter daughter of of this. Of Gerhard. Yeah, of Gerhard. And uh, you will want to get your hands on this. It's for a first in, first caller, first text. And then again, the number and details is you can call us on 1-800-324-843 and request the free offer, A Thousand Shall Fall. If you're the first one in, you'll get it. Or you can text 0491-064-669. And it's a wonderful story of faith. Amen. Amen. So the first person to call in. So next week, uh, Sharissa will be leading us as we study the third chapter of Daniel. And um, to close up, why don't you have a prayer with us, Sharissa, and thank God for this time we've been able to spend together. Sure. Our loving Father in heaven, what a privilege it is to be able to study your word. And as we have together today, our faith in you has been strengthened because we see that you are in control of the future and that we can trust you. And so, Lord, we want to commit our lives to you. We pray for all of our listeners that you bless them wherever they are. May you encourage them to keep studying your word and to keep looking up by faith to Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Sharissa. Folk. As Sharissa pointed out, keep looking up. There is only one way to look in this day and age. That's don't look at yourself. Don't look at others. Don't look down, but keep looking up. And Amen. just and remember, you know, we, we need to be talking faith, living faith, acting faith. And if we do, we will grow strong by Amen. faith in Jesus Christ. Fear looks around. Regret looks back. But remember, faith looks up. So keep looking up. And until we meet you again next week, same time, same place, God bless you and keep looking up. up, Don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a prayer, all your cares He will cast into 
the depths of the sea His love is always there for me 